You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. Sorry. Go. I love that. All right. So I played the shit out of the first like three Gran Turismo games on PlayStation. I and I am not a racing game guy. And I got kind of talked into because I bought it when it came out because there was so much hype about it. The world's most realistic racing game. And I was like, dude, and they really sold. I I was a sucker. I got bought in by all the marketing for it. I was like, dude, that looks amazing. And it was indeed the most amazing looking racing game that ever you'd ever seen. And this you have to remember, this was a very long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> so that was my favorite part of watching the movie. They're like, look at these realistic models. I'm like, oh, they're not even a show what the original <laughs> Like, yeah, right. No, they're like, no, this is the new Gran Turismo you're showing now. <laughs> but but I was like, okay, got all into it and then realized, wow, I suck at this so hard. It is, And I can't even get the first license to this game because you can't even race until you go through all the series of license earning for yeah. it, which is real, actually realistic. You have to earn all these different light licenses before you can actually race professionally. But it was so hard and so unlike any other racing game. Which is which tend to be rather forgiving on that sort of thing. I was like, "Fuck this game!" And my friend, who's a racing aficionado, was like, "No, no, no, dude, I promise you, stick with it. It pays off." And he was not wrong, but it pays off in the sense that you actually have a sense of real achievement that you've actually know something about how the world works when you're playing. It, it. It's not a game, Chris. It's a simulation. <laughs> it's a simulation, exactly. and that was their whole selling point. And they they're not wrong. It it actually was to the point where. They actually created a thing where they went, okay, we're looking this game, which is insanely popular and taking the world's best gamers uh, at it and putting them in a contest where they can compete to actually race a real sports car, which of course sounds fucking insane and dangerous as hell, but it really happened. It happened for multiple years. The film Gran Turismo <laughs> is largely about the guy who did the best. Yeah, pretty these much. Guys. Cause it, it yeah. lasted for 2008 to 2015 right jan mardenborough uh british professional racing driver and still is racing 2011 uh he was the one who won the contest now the film gran turismo directed by neil blomkamp who makes me sad to say is now been reduced to working for ips <laughs> well he's been wanting to make money yeah. he's been wanting to make ips for a long time yeah. the issue is that no one wants to give him the IPs he actually really wants. Yeah, he wants Alien. He, he wants, wants Alien. Alien. Yeah. He, he wanted RoboCop real bad. Yeah. And they're he, like, we love almost, your pitches. And then that was as far Halo. as they got. And yeah. ne- that never went anywhere. Everybody wanted him to do Alien. I remember seeing his sketches from that. And everyone was like, dude, you should do Alien. And then suddenly uh, Ridley Scott was like, oh, um, no, I'm going to do it. It's just me. Go away. Yeah. You know, I turned I'll out to be fingering, a huge mistake. <laughs> I know what he should have done. I mean, actually, I liked this movie a lot better when it was called The Last Starfighter. It is The Last Starfighter. And why haven't they rebooted that yet? 
I feel like Neil Blomkamp was probably going, I could do a Last Starfighter (laughs) reboot. They're like, how about something better? How about the same plot? Only with cars. And he was like, sure, fine. I mean, and this is very loosely based on the true story. It presents it as if this is the first time it happened and he's the first guy to one. He's actually the third guy who got there. You know, so whatever. There's a lot of dramatic license taken on multiple levels with this film. Who gives a fuck, right? This is an underdog story. I love a good underdog story. Racing movies are hit and miss. There's some I love. Like Senna, the amazing documentary, uh, one of the best documentaries I've ever seen about the guy they still call maybe the greatest race car driver of all time who died horribly. <laughs> they tend to. Yeah, they tend to. The best tend to, yes. No, uh, but uh, I'm like, okay, I'm in. They've, you know, this is a, a good chance of being good. And I admit, right from the start, like literally they're using the sound from the games at the, like, at the credit sounds as they're appearing. I'm like, oh, I remember this. Yeah, that opening is the only real thing that's about the game. And then after that, it's all about the the plot. I mean, it still still ties into it regularly throughout it. Like, it goes into the whole aspects of, like, well, what is the differences between playing the game and playing this? But but I mean, like, about the actual game's, like, history itself is what I mean. To be clear, this is definitely a video game adaptation movie, despite the fact it's based on a real story. It's definitely trying to sell people on, on Gran Turismo as a game series. You know, I mean, obviously, that's a big selling point. Hey, you could play this game and become a professional driver. And I think a lot of critics, and probably Mike here as well, were turned off by the fact that basically you're watching a giant commercial. Oh, God. Oh, yeah, 100%. And you completely feel that through this film. You're watching a big, glossy, well-shot commercial. It's corporate synergy, the movie. Yeah, the funniest (laughs) thing is for a commercial for an academy that doesn't exist anymore either. (laughs) Oh, yeah, but it's all about product placement. It's about Nissan. It's about PlayStation. Very much about Nissan. It's it's, show it Mandon Champagne, oddly enough. They were like, fine, sure, we'll be the bad guys. It's about Sony Walkmans. Sony is all Any Sony product. And Sony is also one of the distributors on this film. So it's like, of course they're going to go with Sony. Of course. Uh, And we're going to go with me, Chris Cox, reviewing this movie. Also joining me is... Marco. Uh, Spider-Mike. Yeah, it was funny at one point or during the movie, and I'm actually kind of enjoying this because I love, I really love the way the racing scenes are shot. I'm really enjoying it. I'm like, this is fun. I don't really care about the plot, but I'm enjoying the hell out of watching these racing scenes. Mike leans over and goes, this movie fucking sucks. No, I, I said, I went and said, I kind of hate it this hate as low as I could without having like a rep. <sighs> Fucking throw me out immediately. Because <laughs> no, they were trying to promote the shit out of this. They were like giving away fanny packs with the Gran Turismo on it. And they had like a Gran Turismo, like one of those uh, uh, bent screens, the curb screens yeah, the curb with monitor. VR as well that you could sit and play, which is just the Xbox One version of it. But still, uh, and well, that's free the drinks. And... It wasn't even Gran Turismo. Oh, was it not? Yeah, because Gran Turismo is a, a PlayStation only thing. And it's not on PC. When I was talking to the guy, I was like, what is this? He's like, it's something Forza, something like that that you can only get on the How PC. Bizarre. He's like, and he was like, yeah, because we can't like do the what we have the setup with that PlayStation. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's fair. Yeah, with the with the curved monitor and the yeah. VR. Yeah, that makes sense. A lot of people from Nissan dealerships were present. It's <laughs> like they just like in, they all showed up like right after work, still dressed. In their Nissan, you know. They just uh, sold like 12 shirt. Nissans before they showed yeah. up. No, it was totally more of a push for Nissan than it was for almost any, even Sony. I, I yeah, know. if you take a, you can take a shot every time they see Nissan in the movie and you might oh, die. Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, the movie starts off with Orlando Bloom 
as this, you know, uh, hotshot, like, Nissan yeah. Danny executive. Danny Moore. Danny Moore. And he's, like, he's got to make a big deal, right? He's got to make this this sell. He's got to make a pitch. He goes to Japan. He goes to talk to the big wigs. Like, in this huge auditorium, like, six people show up. And he's like, nobody gives a shit about cars anymore. Don't you want people to get excited about cars again? Don't you want them to buy Nissans? And guess what? Gran Turismo makes them want to buy cars. And I'm like, that's it. That's the pitch for the movie. Yeah. If no, I was in the room, 100%. I'd be like, you want teenagers to buy Nissans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, like, they'll be adults soon. Hopefully. Hopefully <laughs> they'll have money. But yeah, no, I mean, like, that's the, the the way the thing starts. And you've got uh, Jean Mardenborough, uh, who is uh, played here by Archie Medekwe? Medekwe? Medekwe, I believe. Yeah, Medekwe, but... who you might have seen in the oh, TV the series C or the A24 horror film Midsommar, amongst a few other things. Young actor. Uh, and he's like... Dad, I don't want to play football. I want to play. I mean, he's British, so we mean soccer. Uh, yes. <laughs> you know, with his dad, Jamon Hansu, is like, no, you will play the, the, the football. He's like, just get the fuck out of the house. It's not healthy to just sit in your room all day. Yeah. Why can't you be like a normal kid, like, like your, your little brother, brother you know, who likes playing football? Yeah. And as, of course, we find out that the father was once, you know, on the cusp of get, going pro. Um, yeah. And had to give up his dreams to raise his family, and he doesn't want his son to have the same experience. Did we learn that though? <laughs> you did. Yeah. It's there. I mean, Hansu definitely does his. Can, can we just take a moment to acknowledge that Juan Hansu has been in so many things and has been so good for so long that we kind of take him for granted? Oh, absolutely. It's like, wow, this is so corny, but you are selling the fuck out of no, this. No, I agree. I mean, he's a great actor, and even towards one of the corniest moments in the film. He sells it like so well by his acting. You're just like, oh, God damn it! I'm actually feeling something from this moment, despite the fact that this is a corny, very tropey moment. Yeah. You know? Well, the main issue is we needed more scenes with him because the the even the, like the, the him having a bad relationship with his dad is just is just what you guys said. They're like, go outside and touch grass, son. That's like the entire <laughs> yeah. thing. And Come like, with me to the railroad to the railroad station, and this is it. This is your future. That part, unless cracked, you go to school. That I mean, part cracked me up because the way it plays out. He's like, "I want to show you what happens if you don't stop playing games." On the one day that you playing games is going to change your entire life, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's just it. It's like they create this contest, and he gets contacted with things saying like, "You have been chosen to compete," and he's like, "Bullshit!" And like, no, it's for real. You really do get to go to this thing. They're going to fly you out to this thing. We compete against people from other countries who've all been picked to compete for that top one spot where we'll actually put you and we'll try and you know get you into professional racing or we'll do our best if you can pull it off and so there's the whole you know ender's game training camp (laughs) (laughs) yes that's how it works you know i would have appreciated a little more realism because this is the best healthiest looking group of gamers i have ever seen depicted on screen i appreciate that they weren't trying to go for the stereotypical sure approach to gamers but come on there had to be one heavy set guy with cheeto crumbs well, I mean, you wanted sure. the gust of Kloof to show yeah. up you, you, i just wanted <laughs> i wanted david harbour to go i'm sorry kid but no no <laughs> our star his parents are jamon hansu and ginger spice yeah. of course he's a good looking healthy kid yeah. absolutely that's <laughs> he's true he's got some good genes there well, Jerry always Hall, the one Hall eating Hall. a lot of chocolate <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he, you know, spoiler, ends up winning. I mean, shocker, because he's literally the, the That's other the first people are not on the yeah. poster. And it's like, okay. And the main person that pulls all of this together is David Harbour, who's playing a cynical guy who was working for another team and got tired of the arrogance of the young rich boy drivers. 
And he was approached initially said, this is stupid. It's never going to work. And you're putting lives in danger. But then at <laughs> during a press conference, he's like, you know what? I've had enough of this bullshit. Fine. I'll do it. Let's do this. And the bond between him and John is really kind of where the heart of this movie is at. As yeah. he becomes a surrogate father figure for him as he's both rediscovering what it was like to have that excitement for doing this. Cause he himself is like a driver who was once considered to be like an up and comer and then didn't make the cut ultimately. Uh, and then is feeling it again for the first time in a long time. Like, Hey, wait a minute. This kid actually has something. He's got that je ne sais quoi. Mm. And, you know, in the movie trying to sell you on the idea that there was real, there was something real about like somebody who spent more time practicing these Based, based exactly on the real tracks in this game, like thousands and thousands of hours, knows it by heart, every curve of it. There's something to be said for that alone. He's spent more time doing that than you've spent driving your entire career. Yeah. You know? I mean, <laughs> but here's the thing. And, and Harbor's really good in this. Again, he is the gruff old mentor, the tough love kind of guy. And we find out that he himself has a past. Uh and of course, you know, like he even says, one day I'll tell you about it. Or somebody's like, did they ever tell you about that thing that happened to him? And he's it's like, really no. into pole position. And, as it and, and it's like, <laughs> I don't like this, this the, the character, John, I mean, he's a kid. I mean, he, he never just thought I should Google this guy. I'll bet he would just get the story. But nope, I'll just wait until he gives a dramatic monologue later yeah. on. It's a really good way to deal with that character, but you also have the contrast with the father. You've got a subplot about this girlfriend. You've got yeah, also barely a subplot. Barely yes. a subplot. You got Danny Moore, who seems to be motivated to get this, make people believe in this, but he's also kind of a scumbag. He's like, that's Orlando Bloom. Again. Yeah, Orlando Bloom. He's like, hey, you know, there's a chance when it's like it's going to be Jan who wins. He's like, you know. But did he win? I mean, this other guy's a little more camera friendly. He's a little bit better on mic. Yeah, they like, feel like no. very wonky about how they want to play Orlando Bloom in this film. Because yeah. they're like, they kind of, they definitely give that idea like, yeah, this is not a guy necessarily can be trusted. Who in any other film would end up having a truly villainous moment. Yeah. But this film just kind of like, whatever. It's I like you know part what? of it's because he's a real dude. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> he's not. This is actually he is also a composite character. Oh, is he? Okay. I mean, David Harbour's character doesn't exist at all. They're right. all manufactured. It, it's just a thing with. I'm like, fine. Then make a. If you're going to make him a new character, then make him consistent because you kind of feel like he's got some skin in this game. He's like, no, I'm. I'm going to prove that the outsiders have a seat at the table that <laughs> yeah. we belong. And I'm like, is. Am I supposed to be rooting for this guy or against this guy? And the movie never makes its mind up on that. And you've got all of these other subplots and it's just too much. It's like any one or two of those would have been sufficient. I don't know. I just feel like they're largely unexplored and it is a two hour and 15 minute movie. So like, be careful what you wish for. Right. But it's a very, very, very traditionally tropey underdog film. Yeah. It's, and, I, that was my issue I had with it was how tropey it is. You could, I could write this story, yeah. which is yeah. not a good thing, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. No, if you saw the trailer, you know how this movie's going to yeah, end. I was literally in the theater going, and this is this is when this will happen, and then it happened, and I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> a lot of like the young actors in here, I feel like at best do a serviceable performance, yeah. and it you really feel that because of partially how much David Harbor is like just acting his fucking ass off in this movie, being so fucking likable. You're like, okay, I really want to hang out with this grumpy old dude. Yeah. Old dude. I mean, that, that's I like him a lot and he just gives it his all and everybody else just feels like they're just kind of there even orlando bloom is like 
why are you here past the opening scene? Yeah, there, I mean, you don't have anything to do through the rest of this movie. There's a scene that's supposed to be like really emotional uh, that happens, and then I literally giggled <laughs> in the theater because I was like, I don't believe because it. you're a terrible person. Yeah, I was like, I don't believe any of that. <laughs> no, but like they do so much with Jan's parents, or at least the setup with him and his dad, and then they disappear. Yeah, it's like For like most of the movie. <laughs> like you just let your 18 year old kid just get on a fucking plane and go to another country, and apparently just not communicate with him for months on end and it's really awkward it's like they forgot to mention that oh yeah i have parents i will say this is one of the best looking films for drone shots i have ever seen in my life and i'm not normally the world's biggest fan of drone shots but they use it so effectively in tandem with the way you shoot races I was really impressed with the way that that they use that and with the intermix of like the different types of shots, like side of car shots, front of car shots. It really got got the adrenaline of the racing experience like across. Besides David Harbour, the the racing bits were the best part of the entire. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And because and there was a lot of music choices that really mix into it as well that really worked. Man, any movie is going to play early Black Sabbath through the whole movie. I'm already like I mean, there, there, there's, yeah. I'm yeah. not going to spoil them for you, but yeah, there's yeah. some really obvious deep cuts, including one where at the end where Chris and I were like, "Wait, did they just use that song?" Yeah, yeah. it's like, no, no, this this other filmmaker owns that needle drop now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, how dare you? Yeah, no, you're not allowed to. Any movie is not allowed to use that song because yeah, it's, it's so thoroughly owned by this other film. But but yeah. you know, but Mike is right, and so is Chris in that the car scene. I think you're right, Mike, in that Harbor is probably the best part about this. But I also agree with Chris that the next best part that's almost just as good, if not better... Are the racing scenes? They yeah. have to be, and yeah. they're all done two... by the real guy. By the way, I, I, if you can't get your racing scenes right and exciting and feel different in a racing movie, then what are you even doing? And I feel like that's what saves this movie for me personally. That I enjoyed it on that level more than anything else. And a lot of this movie are those racing scenes. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's too many. In fact, it's like, we get it. He has to do several (laughs) races before he qualifies. They could have cut a couple, but But to the movie's credit. Well, they do cut a couple really. Well, sure. I mean, they couldn't do every one, but I'm like, I don't think they needed all of them. The point though, is that in spite of having probably too many races, it actually finds a way to make every one of those races feel different, look different, yeah. have a slightly different style and, to it. And enough, just enough description from Harbor's character. Of like, also, okay. if anyone takes the audio of what Marco just said and walks out of context, that sounds very yeah, strange. <laughs> but just enough description from Harbor about what the races are and what the challenges are involved to make you kind of get a feeling for what those care that this yeah. character must be feeling here, especially Le Mans, which is the central yeah. big, Oh God race. Yes. That's the three day long yeah. race. That you have to do teams. Yeah. It's crazy. That it, shit it's is insane. insane that anyone does that. You know, yeah. but it, it, to your point that, you know, the, the, the photography is great. I do start to wonder how much of it is practical. Yeah. You know, I mean, we do know that the character of uh, Jan, uh, what's his last name? Martin Mar- Burrow. Martin Burrow, you know, he did do a lot of his own stunt driving yeah. in here. Yeah, which the real guy sense. did all the, the real The real yeah. guy this is based on was the stunt driver in this film. But, you know, all of these tracks, and again, it's like an advertisement for the game. It's like, oh, did you like this level? You can play the real thing yeah. on the game. And I kind of wonder, like, did they just, like, take that level and just up it? And we're just watching, like, really high-end game it's, graphics? It's hard to say. There are points That's I'm true, like, actually, this yeah. could be CG or it could be real. It's kind of hard to tell from this shot. Because a lot of helicopter and drone shots where you're like, 
I can't tell if this is real or not, but whatever. I mean, that's not bad, right? I'm not feeling uncanny valley from it. I'm just going like, it could go either way. It doesn't matter. It's still getting the adrenaline from it. Yeah, the sound editing on this, I, the picture editing yeah, is really good. I like good. that they're doing the thing with like, uh, that's from the game where like a little thing constantly is lighting up over his car to show where he's placing. So you're never confused about yes. how you should be feeling about where he at what his performance is where he is what he needs to accomplish because it keeps doing the thing like the game does with that and even even the thing with like the way it's going from city to city is very much right out of the game you know the way it like has the thing that pops up on the screen i mean it's there's a lot of stuff taken right from the game that if you don't play the game you'd never know just like okay it just feels like a regular movie device but as a big fan of those original games i'm like that's cool. But I'm we also see, see the way bit. Jan sees the Trek because he tends to see it like he would as a game. I mean, you yeah. literally see the car disappear and he's just back at home on the track. Yeah. You know, he envisions the lines going through the track, which, of course, aren't really there in real yeah. life. Yeah. And I, I never could figure out if they made up their mind because they're trying to say, OK, the game is the game, but this is real. On the other hand, it's kind of like Jan saying, actually, if I play it like the game, I'll actually win. Well, it's the thought process of like, hey, these kids think outside of the box. Yeah. And this is the reason why he's so special. Because they've spent... There's a literal NASCAR guy who actually did that recently, and they banned uh, him doing that because oh, he did oh, wow. that. Yeah, he, um, he was driving, and he's like, I bet I can do something really stupid that works in the game. Where he slammed into the wall and just stayed on the wall <laughs> and passed everybody and oh then my just God. like went <laughs> I mean, like, that's ridiculous that you would ban it. I'm like, don't you want this continue to go forward? Well, and they banned like... what he did because, like, he literally slammed into a wall and then stayed on that wall, scraping the shit out of the car. And then, like, and then was still everybody. able to pass everybody. Yeah, and they're like, "That's incredibly dangerous." But I mean, just any, <laughs> any underdog story has to have an aspect of like he's trying something nobody's actually tried before. And their argument here, which is a reasonable argument for why this worked, is because he had for this game that was designed as much as you can to be as realistic as possible with the physics of the, these cars. Him going, I think this is possible. Obviously, like, I mean, they tried so hard. To make it as realistic as possible, I think you could do this in, in, in for real as well. And at least in the context of the film, he in fact could. Like this is stuff that most drivers would never try because your life is on the line. But he's done it a billion times in the game and goes, "It works in the game. Let me try it in real do, life." Do you know what? That's why the military use simulators. Yeah. They're like, "We're not going to let you try this crazy shit in a real <laughs> jet. Yeah. Gonna, you're going to actually try it a few times in simulation, and then we'll actually do it in real life." That's why I worked for the last Starfighter. Yeah, you know, <laughs> they got to bring that movie back, man. Well, let's go to final thoughts, Marco. Yeah, I mean, look. It, I know I've kind of talked about how tropey it is because it is. It's tropey as fuck. You know, this movie is it's overlong. It's overstuffed. It is formulaic to a fault. But when it does succeed and it succeeds often enough, it's always based on the uh, on how good the acting is from veterans like Harbor and Hansu and the strength of those well-constructed, really well shot uh, racing scenes. And if you don't have that working, then your movie is not going to succeed. And they pull it off enough to where, realistically, would I have liked a more involved plot or maybe less subplots and they could develop the other ones better? You know, could they have done more with the Orlando Bloom character? All of that stuff, yeah. But that's not what people are going to go see this movie for. They're going to go to root for the underdog and see some kick-ass racing sequences. And I think you'll get that. If you go in there with that mindset... Uh, you'll just be pleasantly surprised when you have a couple of really good experienced character actors just nailing it, even though it's treacle. 
Uh, they sell the fuck out of it. And I enjoyed it for that part. I'm going to give this uh, 7 out of 10 Sony Walkmans. <laughs> Damn you. <laughs> Marco? I might steal. Or not Marco. You're not Marco. You're Spider-Mike. Yes. Hello. I might steal the next one that you have probably. But yeah, um, I I wasn't a big fan of the movie, mostly because it was so tropey. Everything was everything was very much like this is every generic sports movie you've ever seen in your life, bit by bit by bit, only saved by the actors who are playing the parts. Because even even in the beginning, I kind of liked his family that w- we were given, so I was disappointed that they just disappear from the film. Yeah. Same with the same with the the love interest. She disappears from the film. He stalks her Instagram, and then she's there. I guess. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, okay, cool. And the it has even, nothing to do from that point on. Yeah, it has nothing to do other than to be like, are you still, are you winning, son? Are kind you alive? <laughs> kind of like, that's mostly what it is. We didn't even talk about Joshua Staduski, who plays Nicholas Kappa, who's his bad, uh, the bad guy yeah. racer of the film. Who's, and he, we barely ever even see with his helmet off, so we, we know him by his eyes, largely. Yeah. Well, we see him without like, his helmet, and when he does, he always says the most assholeish thing possible. He's just a generic, like, Revenge of the Nerds frat yeah. boy, you know, you're just like, wow, okay, so you're you're the douchey rich guy who also is barely explored, and his whole thing, oh, watch out, he plays dirty. I'm like, well, it's fucking, if it's legal, then it's not dirty, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> they should have stopped him a bunch of times if it's dirty, apparently, because everybody can see what he's doing. And so that was the thing, like, like I, he's generic enough, but I like, but you, you hate him just enough because he's, you know, he's douchebag European, yeah, which is again another trope. Yeah. <laughs> But the racing, David Harbour, they they elevated it so much by the end of it that I was like, okay, you're you're winning me back, especially in the final, the final race because the final race lasts a while, which it makes sense because of the actual length of the race itself. And David Harbour's relationship with John is such a is such a great little thing that keeps you going throughout the movie. And overall, like like you said, I really liked the as well as I really liked the 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 use of the hub mm-hmm. in when it came to the gaming parts of it, as well as like showing off um, the sequences where like the car would break apart and then yeah. come back together. It was a it was neat really idea cool. to do that. Yeah. Like I felt like there's, there wasn't enough of it in some of the parts, but like you guys said, the movie is like two, two hours and 15 minutes long. <laughs> and if you're dealing with enough tropes for that long, you're just going to, you're not wanting, you're going to not want to deal with it for a long time. So I myself would have to give it five out of the 10 Kenny G songs. <laughs> You know, I w- almost went with Kenny G forces. <laughs> nice, but that's I, pretty I good. Thought, I thought it might be a spoiler, you and you gone. still went with Kenny G. Should I should have gone, gone with it. It's not really a spoiler. It's just uh, he listens yeah. to Kenny G. I guess. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I I changed my rating. Seven out of ten. Kenny G forces. I think I'm largely ag- agreeing with Marco here. Everything you said is stuff. I'm like that was already in my head to say. I was like, yep, that you were going to say Kenny everything. G forces. No, except that, <laughs> except the super clever thing. Yes, um, <laughs> but. Honestly, it's the adrenaline that got pumping through my system watching these racing things. And I got like, it, I didn't even care it, the fact that I don't care that much about his character. You just get to that point that you're just rooting for somebody to win. Though It's almost like watching a really great Let's Play. You know, I'm just like, no, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know who this guy is, but I'm he's really good <laughs> and like kind of a maverick. And I'm really like anxious to see how this plays out. And those racing scenes, some of them are like, wow, you kind of have me on the edge of my seat. There's like a big crash at one point that's just this one of those, wow, random force of nature and combination of things that's like pretty spectacular to watch. Like, oh, fuck. There's a couple (laughs) of them that got me. I was like, oh, fuck. (laughs) Um, I, I got pretty excited watching all that stuff, enough so that the other stuff is 
definitely the minority of the actual film. Like a lot of times stuff like this, like yeah, those parts are cool, but man, all that other stuff is so boring. I'm like, the boring stuff is a very small part of this actual yeah. film. And it's all, most of it's pretty bad and tropey and, and like whatever we all see everything that's happening here. It's just predictable and, and not even cleverly written, but it doesn't matter because I was enjoying it because those were so short and they would just go, all right, now here's another race. I'm like, fuck yeah. Another race. <laughs> like, just I, like the game, a small cut scene, yeah, another race. <laughs> I, exactly. I enjoyed it on that level actually quite a bit. I just think, wow, if they just brought someone in here who actually knew how to write dialogue and characters. Uh, and I feel like David Harbour was like, you know what? I'm just going to improv this. Yeah. <laughs> Cause well, he yeah. actually had great dialogue and you're like, everybody else was like, this is, lame he's so great who wrote this movie uh, by the way uh the, the actual screenwriter went, that's, i think it were it's david harbert no, no. <laughs> uh yeah I'm, it was jason hall and zach balin um those credited who knows how many yeah. other jason people Dean hall, uh, is known as playing the reoccurring character of devin mcleish in buffy the vampire slayer oh okay well that's a, that's a strange cut <laughs> i don't know uh, zach balin was the co-writer of creed 3 Oh, okay. Well, yeah. this feels very much in that. Uh, I can it does. That. Like, yeah, obviously, underdog thing. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not going to try and sell it to you guys like this is a really good movie because it's not. But it's a really good visual film. And the few th- times that it goes beyond that are entirely because of David Harbour or Jaman Hansu, who's barely in the film. But when he is, he's really strong. Um, I had fun with it, but I can't imagine watching this not in a theater. Yeah. Like, if this oh, interests you... <laughs> Go see it in a theater with a big sound system and you will probably have a good time. At home, I mean, I guess if you have a great sound system at home, you turn it way up in a big TV, sure. But it's one of those like, yeah, this is like, a, it's a movie simulation. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's Gran Turismo story mode. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm going to give it seven out of ten. You stole mine. And so now I'm very annoyed. I, I, I forgot to think, oh, I should come up with something else. <laughs> So a seven out of ten, wow, that's a good piece of sushi moment. <laughs> Have you had sushi before? Because, I don't know, you're making that chef really happy. He's from Europe. He's never had anything else that has had spices on it at any point. <laughs> that's not true. Indian food. Indian food's pretty huge in England. That is true. Curry yeah. is the national Curry dish of India. Curry is the national dish of England. But did yeah. he have money for that? That's probably true. He probably did not. That's, That's what Jimon Hansu goes. You see, son, you see what happens if you go and you don't go to school and you waste your time playing games. You're going to live in Britain and eat unseasoned food, even though we conquered half the world to get all the spices. Here, have some beans on toast. <laughs>